And welcome everybody to episode 32 of the Regression to the Mean podcast. I am your host, Shaw Moran. Happy Friday. How are we doing? I'm doing pretty good. Brock Purdy in the San Francisco 49ers went into Lumen Field last night and just clinched the NFC West. Sounds like a Mad Lib sentence. <laughs> wow. I, I just, what an incredible performance from the best defense in the NFL. And I think the best defense we've seen in the NFL um, in a long time, since maybe that Broncos defense in 2015, of course, the Legion and boom. I think they're at that kind of level at this point. And what more else can we say about Brock Purdy? What a stud. First career road start, clearly banged up, short week, hostile environment, does exactly what he needs to do to get the job done. Really, really impressive stuff. Before diving in here today, no Keegan. This is going to be a solo pod. Keegan will be back Tuesday to recap week 15. You know, we work real full-time jobs as well outside of this podcast. Sometimes those things come up. So we're bummed Keegan's not on the show today. But we thought it'd be important for us to share a couple thoughts and also give us some of our favorite start sits, considering this is such a massive weekend for the fantasy playoffs. So first and foremost, if you're new to the show, you've listened a couple times, and you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead. Subscribe. Apple, Spotify. If you're on Apple, leave us a review. If you haven't followed the RTM Fantasy account, at RTM Fantasy, give us a follow. We are growing like crazy over there. You're not going to want to miss out on start sit threads, random thoughts that I have about the 49ers that I'm sure you'll love to hear. And um, of course, our waiver wire thread that we drop every Tuesday evening. Today's episode, I'm going to share a couple thoughts that I want to get off my chest. And afterwards, I'm going to go through a quick week 15 preview for the fantasy playoffs, share some of my favorite starts of the week, share some of my uh, guys that I'm a little hesitant to play this week. So first and foremost, I've seen a lot on Twitter recently about Trey Lance. And I think people are right to take the contrarian view in the stance of like everyone's talking about Brock Purdy. Don't forget about Trey Lance. I think that's super fair. And considering all the draft capital that the 49ers gave up to acquire Trey Lance, I think it makes sense for us to approach it as, hey, Trey Lance is going to be the starter next season. But don't be so sure of that. And anyone that's telling you that he's going to be the starter next year, be very wary of. It means they're just not paying attention to how this team operates and just who Kyle Shanahan is as a coach. For example, you thought Trey Lance would start last year when the 49ers traded all those draft picks to pick him third overall. He didn't. Jimmy G played all year. You thought Jimmy G would get cut or traded because Trey Lance was the presumed starter. He wasn't. You now think that Brock Purdy will be the backup next year. I wouldn't be so sure. The only thing we know about the 49ers is they often do things how they want to do them, and they can be a bit unconventional. So my advice, sit back and enjoy the ride. Don't try to make too much sense of it. Don't try to take too many predictions. My second thought. Cold weather games don't always kill offense. It's going to be 24 degrees on Sunday in Buffalo, and many fantasy managers are kind of fading this matchup or not really talking about it, especially on the Dolphins' side of the offense, considering that they play in Miami, which is 50-60 in December, versus Orchard Park, which is you know snowing, freezing temperatures. But I wouldn't be too quick to fade this matchup just because it's cold. Cold weather doesn't actually hurt offenses as bad as you might expect. 
Short Football Analysis ran a study before the Buffalo Bills playoff game against the New England Patriots in sub-20 temperatures last season, and here's what they found. Since 2009, 40 games have been played in weather colder than 20 degrees. Surprising most bettors, the over has hit 58% of the times in those games. The average line in these games is set around 42.4 points, and the games have finished with an average of 43.6 points. Additionally, games that are even colder at sub-15 degree temperatures have gone over the total in 10 of 17 games, around 59%. This game, 24 degrees. The over-under, 44 and a half. I think this game goes over. When you are looking at weather conditions, though, where the wind is ripping and roaring, that's where we actually go under. It's interesting. It's interesting. And uh, just a tidbit, when that analysis was hit before the Buffalo and Patriots game in the playoffs last season, you know what the score of that game was? 64 points. I expect this game to go over, and I expect some fantasy-friendly outcomes to come out of it. Last but not least, Zach Wilson is back in at starter for the New York Jets. Mike White has technically been has not been medically cleared to play in this one against the Detroit Lions at MetLife this Sunday. And though this may kill our hopes of Elijah Moore having a good game or even Garrett Wilson having a good game, I don't think this necessarily kills the Jets' hopes of winning. So again, why is Mike White more fantasy-friendly? One, he's a more accurate quarterback at this point in his career than Zach Wilson. And two, they throw the ball way more. They attempt 46 passes a game in Mike White starts this season. However, the Jets are 5-2 and two when Zach Wilson plays. There is something to be said about the game manager ball control offense that Zach Wilson plays, which is very complementary to that defense the Jets have. I think the Jets win this one outright, regardless of Zach Wilson playing. They're one and a half point dogs at home. I get the Lions are playing some of the best football in the NFL right now, and they're basically a top 10 team over the past eight weeks. This is a tough matchup for that team. And I think the Jets defense is one of the most unheralded groups in football right now, taking the Jets outright. Now let's talk week 15 fantasy. It's pretty simple whenever we preview a week for fantasy. We go over some guys that we're excited to start, excited to see play, and we go over a couple of guys that we're hesitant to play or we think could struggle. A QB that I'm really excited to see play this week is Justin Herbert against the Tennessee Titans. Over the past month, the Titans defense has surrendered 26 fantasy points per game to QBs. Herbert is starting to look like himself again after suffering that nasty rib injury earlier in the season against the Chiefs, and he finally has this full complement of pass catchers. Herbert looked awesome against Miami, didn't have an incredible fantasy day because he didn't score a lot of touchdowns. I expect him to score touchdowns this week, and I expect this game to go over its 44.5 projected point total. Book it. Herbert's going to have a big day. The wide receiver I'm really excited to watch this week is Gabe Davis. So Gabe Davis, Mr. Boomer Bust, has been a whole lot of bust lately, and a lot of people are fading Gabe Davis because it's a cold-weather matchup and because he's disappointed or close to two months now. But this game is going to have plenty of points, and Davis has been popping up as somebody who could be due for a big week based off of the targets he's been seeing and the air yards that he's seen. And Davis has a tendency to go off against bad corners in good plus matchups for wide receivers because of the way Davis wins. He's not a shifty route runner. He's not going to win in a phone booth. He's a straight line runner. Bad corners struggle to contain him. And Miami has a bad secondary, and they've been surrendering 36 fantasy points per game to wide receivers over the past month. I expect Gabe Davis to have a good week. A running back I'm excited to see play this week is Isaiah Pacheco. 
Now, Jarrett McKinnon exploded for 30 last week, and his usage is typically higher in games that are closer. Last week, the Chiefs went up big. Broncos came back. They leaned on McKinnon because I think they trust McKinnon more at this point. And Pacheco does play more in blowout games. I expect Pacheco to hit pay dirt against a bottom five rush defense in Houston. And I think this is his week where he has a spike week. McKinnon had last week. I think Pacheco has this one against a terrible Houston rush defense. Now, I could eat my words because McKinnon could take this volume. But McKinnon does most of his damage in the pass game. I think Pacheco is going to have a big game running the ball. At tight end, somebody I'm super excited to start is Dalton Schultz. Schultz averages 12.5 fantasy points per game in games in which Dak Prescott starts, and the Jags have given up 21 fantasy points per game to tight ends over the last month. I think this is setting up well for a nice Dalton Schultz week. Moving on to guys I'm a little nervous about this weekend. Jared Goff has had an incredible season. He's been awesome. He's operated this Ben Johnson Lions offense perfectly. He's looked great. He's been able to distribute the ball, especially to Amon Ross St. Brown. And it's honestly been a great comeback story for Goff, who was essentially dumped and left for dead by his previous team, the Los Angeles Rams. Why I'm nervous to play Goff this week. Goff averages 8.5 fantasy points per game on the road this season. 8.5. That is not good. He now faces a defense that has given up 13 fantasy points per game to QBs over the past month. This is not necessarily setting up for a big golf game. Another guy in this game that I'm a little nervous to play and somebody that I'm struggling with is Bam Knight. Now, Bam Knight has looked awesome since taking over the alpha role in the Jets' backfield. But the Lions have been a stingy run defense over the past couple of months. They've only been surrendering 11 fantasy points per game over the past four weeks to running backs. And with Zach Wilson back in as the starter, it might be hard to trust anyone in this offense. I like Knight, and I could be wrong here, but he'll need either A, a ton of receptions, or a touchdown to break through in this one. A wide receiver I don't really want to play this week is Chris Olave. Wide receivers are scoring a league-low 16 fantasy points per game against the Falcons since A.J. Terrell came back from his injury three weeks ago. And the key to beating the Falcons' defense this year is gashing them in the run game. Now, New Orleans has the worst rush offense DVOA in football right now, so something's got to give. But this projects more as an Alvin Kamara game than a Chris Olave game. And I don't really want to play anyone in this one. This is going to be kind of ugly. I, I, I don't know. Maybe Ritter goes off. It is playing indoors. NFC South matchups have been fun to watch over the years. But this is kind of a stay away. And I'm staying away from Olave. Lastly, I want nothing to do with Evan Ingram this week. Dallas is a top-ranked defense against tight ends, both in DVOA and fantasy points surrendered. I'm not chasing the Evan Ingram spike week. You guys can have it. He was incredible last week, but that kind of seems like fool's gold to go chase that. Finally, defenses that I'm streaming this week in no particular order. I like New Orleans against Desmond Ritter. New Orleans defense hasn't been great, but this is a rookie QB. Arthur Smith could be super hesitant to open things up. They could legitimately only throw the ball 20 times per game. If New Orleans can stop the run, we're looking at a potentially low-scoring game. and New Orleans kind of hitting home on their projection. I like Pittsburgh this week as well against Sam Darnold and the um, Carolina Panthers. The Panthers' run offense was pretty good. The Steelers' defense has been solid since T.J. Watt came back in. I, I think this is just another stay-away, super low-scoring game. I could see Sam Darnold turning back into a pumpkin if he's forced to throw the ball a ton in this one. 
could just be a ton of turnovers and field goals, which is fantasy friendly for defenses. I really like Denver this week. Colt McCoy is traveling two mile high. Could see two backup quarterbacks in this one. Broncos defense has been pretty solid all year, even though they've been fading off a bit. I just see this one being low scoring, low scoring games, typically fantasy friendly defensive outputs. So I I think I feel pretty comfortable streaming Denver this week. And then Green Bay. Baker Mayfield has to go to Lambeau Field and start on prime time in the freezing cold with Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek. Uh, he pulled the magic out of his hat last week, but I'm I'm skeptical that Baker that Baker does anything well this week. It could be wrong, but Green Bay looks is a very appetizing streaming option this week. But that'll do it. Super short episode. Just wanted to run through quick thoughts on again. Don't be so quick with Trey Lance next season. I think Buffalo and Miami is going to score a ton of points. And I think Zach Wilson is going to lead the Jets to victory this weekend. And then obviously, guys that I'm really excited to play, really looking at Justin Herbert to have a big week, Gabe Davis, Isaiah Pacheco, and Dalton Schultz. And I'm nervous about Jared Goff, Bam Knight, Chris Olave, and Evan Ingram. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Seven, look at that, 17 minutes. No one said in the history of RTM we could get a podcast out in our 30 minutes, what we did it here for you today. Give us a follow on Twitter, RTM Fantasy. Keegan, we missed you, man. We're excited to have you back on Tuesday. And uh, everybody, have a great weekend. If you see somebody you love, tell them you love them. Life's too short not to do so. Go Niners. Go Jets. I'm just going to be a homer for the Jets because Keegan's not even here. See you, everybody. Talk Tuesday. Tuesday.